I think something something that we have to understand is that sometimes in our lives there are things that inhibit our worship. Things that stand in the way of our worship. Jesus said those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And if there's anything that gets in our way of worship, then we can't worship Him in spirit and in truth. If there's sin in our lives, we cannot worship Him in spirit and in truth. And as we get into this, this little passage today, this is one thing that has become so acceptable in our, in our culture and in our lives that we miss how it affects our worship of the Lord. Matthew 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to the judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to the judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. May the Lord speak. May our lives be changed today. You be seated. How many of you have anger issues? All right, a few honest folks. Thank you. Thank you. A few years ago, some of you remember, we, we did at one time have a church softball team. Um, and I have to be honest, one reason we don't have a church softball team is, is that I can't take it. Or at least if we have a team, I can't play anymore. Because the last time we had a team, your pastor, I, look, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, because it's not something I'm proud of. But the last time we had a team, your pastor had an exploding tirade on an umpire. What bothers me is that I was the only one angry. Well, not really, but I was the only one showing. Look, I got so mad that night. I told my wife, I said, look, I, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And so walking off the field that night, I, I threw my cleats away. I said, I'm done. She said, you did what? I said, to top that off, when we, get, when we go up Highway 15, we get to the red light in Esquire, I want you to stop. And let me off. She let me out. So I could run home. I was mad. I was mad. I recognized that night, Todd and Alan, I had a problem, right? I tell you that story. I'm not bragging on that because that's embarrassing. Now, part of the reason I ran home is as soon as she drove off, I smelled a skunk. But, but I, I tell you that story because all of us at times deal 
with embarrassing things in our lives. And, and if we're really serious to consider the things that affect us, our anger and our explosions ought to embarrass us greatly. And so as we, we read this passage, now I want to tell you what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is, is, is teaching His disciples. We talked last week about how he, um, his, his view of the law, you remember, He exalted the law, He held the law high, He did not throw the law away or render it useless in our lives, but He, but he upheld it and showed that, that it's pur- it was purposeful, it is purposeful in our lives. And when He finishes His, his discussion on the law, He begins by giving some examples. He gives six examples of, of how important the law is in our lives, but more important than that, His teaching. And he begins by, by saying to them, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. Y'all have heard that before, right? Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill, or you shall not murder. Uh, for the one that does that will be liable to the judgment. Genesis 9.6 says that the man who takes a man's life, by man shall his life be taken. By, uh, by man shall his blood be shed. That is in the law. But Jesus goes a step further. And he begins to say to them, he, he says clear to, clear to them, but I say to you. Now what is Jesus doing? Now I need you to hear me very clearly and understand fully this morning that when Jesus says you have heard in the law, but I say to you, Jesus establishes something that you and I need to hear very clearly today. When, when we hear the, the law, the, the Jews recognize it as the law of Moses, and, and they held Moses high. To say something against Moses or to offend Moses was, was a capital offense before them. And yet here's Jesus saying, you've heard in the law, you've heard it said, you shall not murder. But I say to you, Jesus is making a declaration about himself. That is, that Jesus Christ is greater than the law. That Jesus Christ is greater than Moses. And what's more important is, is understanding His teaching and living in obedience to Him. You see these things? Jesus Christ is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is the Prince of peace. He is the light of the world. And Moses can't hold a candle to Him. And so He, is, he establishes in this text, first and foremost, His authority. That He is to be the Lord of our lives. And what He says goes. What He says is of utmost importance to Him. And so as He begins to teach them here with these examples, He gets to express, to show to them that it's not all about keeping the letter of the law. It's about a matter of the heart. We're going to see that in these examples. We see it here. How many of you have ever committed murder? glad nobody raised their hands because I was thinking, how am I getting out of this one? We may not have committed the physical act of murder, but I'm going to tell you there's some of us that have done exactly what Jesus is talking about here because of anger, unchecked anger, and a heart that is disobedient to Him. You see, it's not about just breaking the physical, or doing the physical act or breaking the law physically, literally. It's about allowing our hearts to run free and, and, uh, of the law, free of, uh, of, 
straight to run to a place where we have no authority other than ourselves. And so Jesus, He sets this up. He is greater than Moses. He is to be the authority. And He begins to speak to them about this issue of anger. Folks, listen. Anger will keep you from worship. Anger will keep you from joy. Anger will keep you from the life God has given you to live. And it's up to you how you handle it. Well, let's look at what Jesus says here about anger. First of all, He says anger is dangerous and sinful when left unchecked. You've heard that it was said, you shall not murder, and the one who murders, he, is, he will be liable to the judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. He begins with this issue of anger, and, and he shows its progression. Now, first of all, what is anger? Y'all tell me this morning. Help me out this morning. What is anger? Come on now, I could point fingers and point out some angry folks. A loss of control, okay. A secondary emotion. All right, hides underneath fear. That's good, Angie. You're deep. You're you're good. Okay, what else? What's anger? Oh, now if I ask you this morning, what makes you angry? I know we could start naming some stuff, right? You you wouldn't be oh you wouldn't be shy then because there's a lot of things that make us angry. But think about what is anger? It is an emotional response to something that that really irritates us. It is a a, 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 a ret, uh, it is a retribution, a wrath that that wells up in our lives because of something we see or something we dislike. Sometimes we get angry. Because the lady at Sonic didn't put the lemon in our tea. I get mad when she puts it in there. That's no, no, I don't. We get mad. We get mad because uh, we, we sit down at a restaurant and I am thirsty. I'm I'm about to. I, I just I need something to drink. Give me some water. Well, the waitress doesn't come around like we think we should. We get angry over silly things at times. Jesus showed anger. Um, in his life, this uh, um, righteous indignation. Now, it's one thing to be angry, but there, there's this rightness to anger that Jesus talks about uh, or demonstrates. For instance, um, when, when he goes into the temple court and he finds the money changers there, they're ripping people off, they're stealing from people. Uh, Jesus got angry. He, he took the table and he threw it over. He turned the table over because... Somebody was getting cheated. You know, there's some anger that we ought to have. Some anger such as uh, you know, when, when we hear somebody being abused, uh, a child being being abused or neglected. When we hear of someone being cheated or, 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 or in some way abused otherwise. Look, we see those things and those things upset us. But, but the anger that we have is, is an anger that says it's not right. We recognize God's power to, to bring vengeance in those areas. The anger that brings problems is when we get upset, we get angry about something, we, we, we come to a place where we think we have to do something about it. And until we do something about it, we can't let it go. 
And so we hold on tight to it. And it becomes a part of us. And it becomes a burden to us. And it becomes a thorn in our flesh. So we get angry and we, we pout and we sull up. And, and we look for any way possible to make right what we feel like has offended us. Or at least get vengeance toward. Anger. 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 He says here it's dangerous and sinful. It's this progression. See, murder is a ma- major issue, but we have to understand it begins with a seed of anger. He says the, the, the brother who's angry, he'll be liable to the judgment. To the one who says rock up, to the one who hurls insults, he will be liable to the counsel. The one who says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. What is Jesus saying? He's talking about this progression of anger. Anger that is a seed. It's, it's planted and, and it becomes a, a part of us. Well, it, it grows and it, it becomes something else in our lives when we begin to hurl insults at people. This word raka that, uh, that is, is given there. That word means empty-headed or, um, or, or vain or, or stupid. And sometimes when we don't check our anger, when we don't control it, we all of a sudden feel like we have a, a right and a responsibility to hurl those insults at people. Y'all ever do that? Nobody's answering because most of you lie. If you... Yeah, we, we all do that. But then it goes even further. This word fool. Now that's not saying... Uh, you're being foolish. That's not saying you're just a crazy fool. That is not what he's saying there. What he is saying to them, this, this concept of fool is a condemnation that would be uttered from one to the other. It means you deserve to die, and I hope you do. This word, you fool, is like saying to someone, you just go to bad place. Now listen, most of us say, well, I've never, I've never said that to anybody. Well, some of us might say that. But has there been times in your lives where you've let your anger get to the point where you just wish they'd die and go away? Mm, that's hard. Jesus is saying to them, if that's the case, then you're just as guilty of murder as the one who's carried it out. Because it's not about the physical act, it's about the heart. The heart that would carry it out. And you recognize here that that, that murder or that anger is dangerous. He talks about judgment. This first judgment is is a judgment uh, of the people. The second one, the, the one who is cursed would be liable to the council. That's the Sanhedrin. One author says that that is that's not that, that's the highest court. That's like going before the Supreme Court. Then he gets to that third one. You fool is guilty of the uh, or liable to the hell of fire. What is he talking about? Most reference the the outside of the south part of Jerusalem. You've probably heard about Gehenna. Gehenna was a place where uh, Israelite kings had offered sacrifices to foreign gods, and it. In Jesus' day, it was literally the dump, the town garbage dump. And, and it burned constantly. It, was, it kept it constantly glowing with fire through, the, through burning the trash. And, and what he's saying here is 
is for the one who would say to another, why don't you just go to... That that person would be liable to the hell of fire. Why? Because anybody that would wish hell on anybody else, surely, is not walking in the Spirit of Christ. Well, he says anger is dangerous. It's dangerous. And unchecked, unforgiving anger reveals a heart, y'all, that's out of tune with Jesus. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? Some of you are angry this morning. You're angry because your curling iron didn't work. You're angry because you you were late this morning. Y'all looking around going, which one's he talking about? I don't know. Don't, we, we let things get under our skin and we become angry and we lash out at people. The smallest things today make us angry. And so some of you are, are angry today. Jesus says to his disciples, anger is it's sinful and it's dangerous. But then he, he gives them some suggestions. First thing he says to them is this remove it now. Remedy your anger now. He says there uh, in verse 23, uh, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Remedy your anger now. That's why I'm, I'm talking to you before we get into the, into the music portion of our worship hour. Because some of us will stand and sing today the songs about our Lord, while we harbor in our hearts a great anger to the people, maybe even in this room, but in our lives, in our family, in our friends, we harbor this anger that keeps us from offering an incredible gift of worship to the Lord. He says, so if you come and you offer your gift, and you remember that a brother has something against you, now, now check that. It does not say you remember that a brother has offended you. You're the offender. If you come and you remember you've offended someone, then you leave your gift at the altar and you go and be reconciled first. He says remedy it now. I want to do this this morning. We hate silence, but I'm going to give you a little bit. Because I think we need to stop. We need to do what Jesus is talking about. We need to look. If we're going to offer our gift, is there someone in your life that you've offended? I don't want you to answer that out loud. See, part of it, we get so busy in life, and, and the reality is we separate our, our everyday life from church. And most of the time we come in here, we, we rarely think. It's so easy to rarely think about how the rest of life impacts our worship. Jesus said, the re- Jesus is talking here to say that, that that ought to be evident in your worship. You come and you remember, oh, there's someone I've offended. Is there someone you've offended?
is, look at what he says. So you come to worship and you bring your gifts to the Lord. But we don't bring gifts. Uh, we, we might bring an offering to put an offering plate. We don't bring lambs or turtle doves or pigeons to offer. We come to worship, y'all. We ought to come offering ourselves. This We are the ultimate gift to give to Jesus. He says here, if you come and you recognize that there's someone you've offended, then you leave your gift at the altar. You leave your gift. You can't leave yourself. What that means for us today is is that we need to, to leave and make things right. We need to seek to be reconciled. So maybe that means this morning you need to leave your chair. You need to leave your comfort zone and you need to make things right. Understand, Jesus said, make it right now. 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 Leave your gift. That is, take the initiative to do something about it. Go the distance to take the right steps of reconciliation. You go first, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. He says, remedy the anger now. But understand this, reconciliation is an act of worship. Y'all know that? Holding on to anger is an act of rebellion. Holding on to anger is an act of disobedience. Holding on to anger is an act of no faith. But worship includes reconciliation. First go, make it right, and then come back and offer your gift. So how is it that reconciliation, well... Uh, reconciliation is an act of worship in this, that, that, that it requires us to humble ourselves and be submissive to the authority of Christ. Humility would allow us to, to follow the leadership of the Lord in our lives, not just to see that person's face or know that name came to our minds, but to literally say, I've got to do something about this now. Humility. It requires repentance, acknowledging the sin and turning away from it. That is that, yes, I have been in the wrong and that I I need to be restored. I need to be reconciled. I need to apologize. I need to take those necessary steps. It requires repentance. It requires obedience. It requires, it requires faith in walking with the Lord and forgiveness. Remedy it now. Because until you remedy it, you can't worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Third thing is this. Please understand this morning that a refusal to reconcile only leads to greater pain. Refusal to reconcile only leads to greater pain. Look what he says in verse 26. Or 25, come to terms quickly with your accuser while you were going with him to court. I read that and I went, while you're going with him to court. I mean, really, do you just ride to court? You, you ride to the courthouse with the one that 
filed an offense against you? Well, in this day, listen, in this day, in Jesus' day, if you were taking someone to court, or if someone was taking you to court, they literally had to find you and make sure you got there. So if I wanted to take Todd to court, I'd have to go catch Todd. Todd be running from me. You ever seen Todd run? Todd run fast from me. Sound like Tonto, didn't it? Oh. Uh, I'd have to go catch Todd and take him to the courthouse to file my complaint. And so what Jesus is saying to them is that while you are going, you've been caught, you've been exposed while you are going to court, while you are being dragged to court, Jesus said, make amends before you get there. Why? Because when you get to court, and that case is filed, and the judge wages sentence, he will put you behind bars to such a place for such a time as you could pay the last penny. And the point Jesus says is this. Look, in jail, you can't make money. Now, we're not talking about the American system. We're talking about a system where there was no way in jail to make money. Or whatever they do. There's no way to do it. You say, well, he could never pay off the debt. That is the point. Exactly. Jesus says, you need to resolve it now. As an act of worship to the Lord, you need to resolve, remedy your anger and your problem with your brother before it's too late and the penalty, the pain, be greater than you can bear. 